All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Joining me today, none other than uh, the professor. Danny, thank you so much for being here. Oh, my pleasure to be here. All right, and Heather. Heather, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. So, uh, once again, all the great conversation seems to happen when we're <laughs> off recording. Uh, but uh, we've had some good ones tonight. Definitely the uh, dinner table discussion was uh, quite interesting. Uh, we got a range of subjects I'd love to touch on, uh, starting with the thing that, you know, has been on my mind a lot lately. You know, for all the people out there that think that the American election is over, <clears throat> it is not. And uh, despite what you may be reading in the mainstream media, which will uh, constantly tell you that Trump has baseless claims of uh, fraud during the election process and that uh, there is no evidence to support that, uh, certainly we're seeing... Some other things, uh, right up to and including video evidence of them pulling boxes uh, filled with thousands of what appear to be um, votes that were tallied post-stop uh, time when they started throwing people out that were, you know, overseeing the count of the ballots. Uh, Dan, your, your, uh, your thoughts on this subject? Well, I was looking at it and I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity to market uh, some airline luggage with the big white letters ballots on the outside yeah. of it that is clever make a few make a few dollars off or, the uh, yeah or, pardon me while i go to oh, a little like, business point. God. yeah we're, we're, we're gonna Sorry, have to I, bat and down yeah. it's not like i see dollar signs and everything but um yeah it it's the most brazen uh bit of cheating there's so much evidence that it, I, I would say truly that it is overwhelming, uh, both from the, the sheer volume of it, but also y you can scarcely believe that uh, the leftists have gone to such measures. And, and, and they warned way in advance that they were going to do this. And everybody said, well, it'll be chaos. And it seems to me that uh, very little was done in advance of the election to try to stop any of it. Although it seems to me that there were a few people who were, who were watching, and collecting evidence, uh, it it really is a, a a terribly disturbing thing because, as we were saying at the dinner table, it the 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 actual word evidence doesn't seem to mean the same thing as it did before. Uh, sworn affidavits are evidence, and the the case. The cases that are being presented to courts uh, at this point are not criminal cases. These are this is civil lit litigation. Mm -hmm. Standard of evidence is quite different. The threshold, uh, the thresholds are different, yeah. um, and um, you know the it's it really rather shrill. The um, criticism of it is well, that's not evidence. Well, no, it isn't. In, in in a criminal case, it would it would not quite be there, but it's justification. Uh, for uh, what would be ca called an investigation or discovery so that mm -hmm. both sides could get a look at, at the evidence. And they're, they're, they're literally refusing to let uh, uh, the machines, the voting machines, be examined. Uh, they're fighting it, you know, the uh, process tooth and nail. Um, and it, it, it seems with some, some good degree of success, no, the election is not over. Uh, they're even talking about the deadline, uh, constitutional deadline, not not being uh, a, a certainty that there. Uh, it seems to me that eventually they're going to have to argue that the deadline 
must be extended because the founding fathers would never have conceived of such cheating. They could never have conceived of it. They really couldn't. Computers didn't even exist. But, um, you know, the whole, the whole thing rides, I think, on the idea. Uh, people hate Trump enough to get rid of him by any means possible. They don't care, even if it's cheating. They don't care. They really don't. And they can do it out in the open. It's all it's all good. There's always a way to justify it. That's right. Whatever they, they come up with. That's right. And um, you know, if you're if you're a, a student of history, uh, especially of the classics, uh, you know, you have read Machiavelli, and you will know that in there is is a discussion of when a leader is uh, despised and hated. Uh, you can you can pretty well do anything. You can assassinate him, and nobody will care. Uh, and the left believes that they've they've created this set of circumstances. The problem, of course, is that roughly half the country is behind Trump, about half, maybe a little bit better than half, and the other half is not. Uh, the half that is not a, not uh, uh, for Trump have all the advantages, everything. They have the administrative state, which is the FBI, national, you know, the uh, Homeland Security. Uh, the Justice Department, uh, every everybody, the press, everybody, including that, including some of their own Republicans who should yeah. know better. You know that, that mentality and framing that you were just talking about, where you can you can like morally justify anything against someone that you hate, was captured perfectly by AOC yeah. when she said you don't need to be factually right but morally right. That's right. And that felt like a tipping point when that kind of caught on that phrase. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, most of these people find nothing wrong with what she just said. Well, that's that's been the way the left has operated since. Well, I mean, you, you can read about it since the Russian yeah. Revolution. So we're talking over 100 years now. The, this is the way they always have been. And, you know, the, here in Canada and, and, and the United States, we've always talked about rule of law, especially in Canada, where we're, we're a law and order nation. The United States is individual freedom. They're, they're, they have a, a sort of a different view uh, on what is essentially the same thing. We're, we're law and order. We're willing to give up our individual rights for a peaceful society, or at least, you know, that's the way it, it, it seems, has seemed, you know, in the past. But, you know, we're dealing with people who, who have done everything for four years, everything to get rid of a president, and now they are trying to get rid of uh, I believe a uh, a man who won an election are trying to cheat him out of it, and if you ask me, I think they probably will succeed. Uh, they have all the advantages, especially the press. When you're willing to cheat, you always have the advantage. Yeah, but yeah. Dan, we have all the guns. <laughs> well. Yeah, but how about that? Speaking of, guns, how about you yeah. catch me outside when when, yeah, yeah. when when Twitter allows Antifa to organize against uh, MAGA, the MAGA demonstrators out in Oregon, or sorry, Washington State, the 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 Antifa was using Twitter to call for help, and Twitter permitted it. Yeah. That's nuts. The, the, the people who want to defend the American Republic have no way to organize in this. They're, 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 
they're out in the wilds. I have a question. It's 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 going to be very very difficult. Yes. Question for you, since um, you understand American politics far better than I do, I've been reading that people are calling for martial law and they're asking Trump to invoke martial law based on uh, some legitimate foundation that I don't understand. What what do you think is the likelihood of that? I've been watching political commentators talking, like debating about whether or not this will happen. They don't seem to debate whether or not he has the legal right to do it. What do you think are the chances? Well, technically, it's an insurrection. If, in fact, he was voted, he won the the election, what they're doing now is an insurrection. Yeah. Um, And if it is, he does have the legal means uh, to react against it. The trouble is you're going to have to arrest the judges who refuse to hear the cases because they're part of the insurrection. Mm-hmm. You have to arrest probably most of the people in the FBI. You're going to have to arrest pretty well everybody in the news. Um, I mean, it's 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 so widespread. The enormity of it makes it yeah. seem like not likely to happen. But it's strange well, that he could do that and isn't. Well, you know the. You know I hate to use the example, but it is a useful example, and it's actually, you know, you had, in Europe, in Germany, you had a minority, a left wing, a left wing minority. I don't care what anybody says. National Socialists were leftists. They're leftists. Anybody who says otherwise, they call them right wing, is lying to you. The left had to change the, how they characterized all these historical events. At one time, they were talking about, you know, before the war, they were t- talking about how wonderful Russia was. And then when Russia, you know, made a pact with, with Germany, all of a sudden, you know, these disillusioned people had to redefine, you know, their world. Uh, I'm not going to accept their definition of any of this. Uh, what happened in Germany is bears a great many similarities. Uh, there are some similarities historically in the American South prior to uh, the Civil Rights Movement. You had all these uh, people, um, and, and it, it was on a racial divide, but it doesn't matter. It's people. In the South, they were... They were, white people were beating up on black people. Well, the difference now is you've got these Antifa beating up on people. It doesn't matter what their color is. The, the, what they're doing in putting down uh, either it's dissent or people who are not like them, who don't think like them, it's the same thing. In Germany, when, when the, the Nazis used their military arm, to go out and beat up on civilians. Incidentally, they beat up on communists. We said, wow, they can't be leftists, so they beat up on communists. Yeah, but you see, in in that instance, you had an international communist movement that absolutely despised the national communist movement or socialist movement in Germany. The German situation was different. It was nationalist just to the extent that they had a whole ideology surrounding what it was to be German. And believe me, the Russians have the same kind of ideology. They don't, don't present it the same way. But they were internationalists. So there was a dispute between two different leftist groups. And they were willing to kill each other, absolutely. The, the, those things are, bear some similarity to what's happening now. 
We do see examples of the left eating their own um, today, uh, not actually killing them, but there's well, this cancel culture, that's right. you know, that's right. craziness the that's same. happening, and it's it's a it's a circular argument always. They end up hurting each other. They don't agree with themselves. Yeah. It, and it can be summed up as a repressive regime. So the whites that were trying to keep black people from ex- exercising their civil rights like free speech and stuff, stuff like that, beating up on them. I mean, you can... Remember you can, that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean... Free you, speech? Yeah. That was, you can, that was nice. You can watch the videos of, you know, these protest march. They're peaceful. Um, and then you look at what Antifa does against the, the peaceful MAGA yeah. uh, 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 people who, are, who aren't out there to riot. They're, they're out there you know, to show support to Trump. But then you have the media, no matter what happens, you can have a crowd of tens of thousands of people peacefully waving flags and cheering, having a parade. And the media will say that a bunch of aggressive protesters were out there, you know, trying to incite violence for Trump. They will immediately put a spin on it. And it's so instant today because we have this, this, you know, media culture. It's bizarre for me to watch what's happening and then see them report the opposite. Yeah, it's not simply media culture. it's insurrection. I'm telling you, you stand back from it and look at what's happening. Yeah. They are trying to, well, they've already created the conditions, but maintain the conditions whereby their followers mm. don't know. Yeah. As far as anybody who anybody who's, who's a, a, a so-called liberal or a Democrat, as far as they're concerned, they're on high moral ground. And all of these Trump people are hateful, yeah. racist, misogynist, you know, you name it. That, that and, divide is so extreme, though, that we are in these two totally different worlds. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this, where people, there's, there's no coming together with these two sides. They live in two different worlds. Well, there's, like I say, we, it, it's, it's available to us from a historical perspective. We can look back on history and see this played out over and over yeah. again. Um, and you know, what really scares me is that the tail end of all these, uh, historical, uh, events is bloodshed. Yeah. And, and, and not, not like the, the Germans started something in the second world war that ended up in tens of millions of people being killed. Um, and I won't say that it was strictly speaking, you know, uh, a leftist thing but it started that way um there were so many people participating and everybody like you know if somebody came into your town and said that they were going to round up all the jews you know and the property you know you had an extra neighbor you would go and take their property i mean as far as you're concerned, it's a windfall. Well, when I so, watch the looting on TV and what people are willing to do to their neighbors for, um, you know, to get the last roll of toilet paper, I fear <laughs> the leap for this society here to yeah. go to extremes like that yeah. and and hurt their neighbors um, yeah. is not a big leap. Yeah. It's, it's well, they might they might find that their neighbors are more than willing to hurt them back. So yeah, that's, that, yeah. That, that's yeah. where that's where the issue lies, and uh, certainly uh, the left don't seem to have any problem, like you say, looting, and uh, the left also seem to feel this, you know, progressive need to uh, seize firearms from private ownership. You can well, see I, why. See, that's what's really curious is that the last little while, if you look at 
the polling and it's it's not you can't really come by it all that easily because they don't report it on it that much but the support for gun control in the united states has it's it's the 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 level of support has dropped quite considerably yep. so I, I have i i have a bit of logic you know, well, there is. You, all, got, all, you have to permit leftists to go out and arm themselves. So in that intervening period of time, yeah, I think, uh, I, think well, the, I think I think two things might be happening. One, you know, the other team might be deciding to finally uh, catch up a little bit. Like yeah. I said, you know, the right have always been well armed. <clears throat> There's always been a surplus of good people with guns out there that are willing to do the right thing. I, I yeah. believe that people are intrinsically. Uh, in their nature to be, you know, good. And I think that it's really good that we have a lot of nice people out there that know how to responsibly use firearms. But then you've got, you know, uh, a lot of typically and traditionally and historically left-leaning people, maybe who didn't want anything to do with firearms, suddenly maybe realizing the, uh, perhaps the merit in owning uh, a firearm. They're going to need them. Yeah. If they want to achieve their ends, eventually they're going to need them. Yeah. And so, you know, the idea that uh, the government would want to, you know, remove firearms from civilian uh, ownership, you know, that's not a new idea. I was explaining it to somebody down today uh, in the shop. They were asking me, they said, you know, like, you know, what was it like back, you know, in the 70s and 80s and uh, owning firearms? And it was different. And uh, you can see that it's been a very progressive sort of bit by bit. You know, they, they move in and take little bites of the firearm community and uh, they ask for, you know, small things. And, and bit it's by bit, incremental. They yep. Yeah, it's it's incremental in its nature. And uh, you know, first it's the machine guns. Hey, you know, there's no need to own machine guns. If you want to keep that, you can. But you'll have to make it a semi-automatic. Okay, you did that. Well, we're not going to let you keep that either. And uh, now we're going to move on to the magazines and you know the scarier looking guns. We'll make some of those illegal. We'll leave the other ones alone just to make sure that we don't have to deal with all of you at once. Uh, and so every so often, there's this push yeah. for gun control. I don't, I don't think for one moment that that is at all a conspiracy theory. No. Uh, the reason for, you know, uh, the, the, the going after the guns, um, if you can find any liberal who's willing to speak openly, and they used to, they don't anymore. Mm-hmm. But in the old days, they'd say nobody, nobody should have guns. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's it's. Uh, they're I used... definitely know people who think that way. Yeah, yeah. And, and a gun is used to kill people. You know, well, we've just spent the whole day shooting clay targets, and as far as I know, nobody was hurt. The uh, uh, the idea that it's for safety, I I really even I don't think. Well, certainly the liberals don't believe that. They know that that's just an an excuse. Uh, there is a percentage of the population who've been indoctrinated and do believe it. It's curious, though. Once you get them into your hands, take them out to shoot, and they have a little bit of fun, their attitude changes oh, really yeah. rather dramatically. It's really it's really something to watch. You know, like I, I've told you, I've taken a, a gal who was really a virulent anti-gun person. Yeah. And uh, she shoots now, and she yeah. enjoys it. Uh, and you will not hear her say any such thing as, well, it's used to kill people. No, yeah, no. it's it's interesting. We we've uh, you know at the Canadian Gun Vault, I've taken out all kinds of people. I've, I've you know uh, not gone out of my way to find someone who like really, you know, deep down dislikes firearms. Like I, I've taken people out that were certainly uncertain about their feelings on the subject. You uh, remember I, that the, the girl we took out? 
who was literally shaking like a leaf. When oh, she was so cute. <laughs> she was so cute. But you know what, though? It wasn't that she didn't want to do it. It was that it, you could tell that, you know... She was so frightened. She was so frightened. Yeah. And you know, and you, you might sit there and argue, you know, well, why did you take a girl like that out? She she volunteered to come along with a friend. And yeah, uh, we, her, we, had, sure. we had invited out um, a couple of young ladies, and one of them had a girlfriend, a young girlfriend that she wanted to bring along. And, and I, I thought she had kind of, you know, uh, volunteered to come, but I guess she had been been volunteered. She yeah. she kind of got told she was coming along, and when I saw the shotgun in her hands, and we you know finally got her up to the point where she was ready to shoot it, um, she she looked back at me and she's like, I can't I can't believe I'm about to shoot a real gun. Yeah. And, and like took, took she her, was wholly and completely terrified. Yeah, and, and and she 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 I could see her trembling. I'm like, you okay? Like take take a second, and we 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 gave her a minute. But she brought the gun back up and she put it up against her shoulder, and you know she bared down and she pulled the trigger, and she she did smile, but you could see that it was like covered in a, in a light <laughs> veil of holy shit. Yeah, and and then I looked down and I could actually see her knees knocking. Yeah, oh, wow. right, and I knew like oh my. God, this poor thing, you poor thing. Like, I didn't think she was going to fire another shot that day. She did. But she did, and she hit. And she actually, she actually was very relaxed by the end. Uh, That's when it gets fun. When you start hitting stuff, it all changes. Uh, Her, the last few minutes when she was shooting, she looked like she knew what she was doing. Absolutely. She, uh, she really got into it. There was no shaking. She was, she was absolutely delighted when she hit targets and she was talking about when am I coming back? Yeah. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's really quite remarkable. The indoctrination about guns, you know, the, the, uh, I don't know, children are, are, um, really quite, uh, specifically indoctrinated about gun ownership there, you know, the, the, whether it has to do with, um, animal rights or, you know, the, the characterizing people who own guns as being basically rednecks and, you know, well, whatever you and, hear as a yeah, kid uh, yeah. will definitely affect how you view things when you're older. And I'm yeah. wondering if some of these people have uh, a really strong story about what guns are. Right. And yeah. that's in their heads when they're adults. And until you get a hold of them and change it, they're going to go through life that way, yeah. believing something really well, serious. I, yeah, I, I can recall I'm, I'm an old biker, so. I used to ride motorcycle and I'd ride down in the States and I, in the back of my mind, when I'm riding down some country, deserted country road is a scene from easy rider where the, where the, you know, these two, two, uh, uh, rednecks come up in a pickup truck with, uh, what is now referred to as an easy rider rifle rack, you know, a rifle rack in every window of the truck and they take it down and they shoot him. Uh, and of course, I don't know that the people who created the movie really understood what they were portraying. There was basically the portrayal was the reaction to people uh, of people to someone who is free. The, the, the biker represents freedom. He can go anywhere, do anything. He's, he's free. And the other guys are tied down to their dirt farm and all the, and they resent it. And so they react to it. That's, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, uh, traditional take on the movie. Mm. And in my mind, you know, as I'm riding along myself, I'm thinking about that. And the funny thing is, you know, I'd stop in some small farm town and I was riding a uh, a really quite sleek red and white sport bike and I've got a matching helmet and a, you know, I mean, I... I Do you have a scarf? No scarf. No scarf. I, I knew I better. By picture. then I knew better no scarf. You, you, can, you can get hurt doing that. Uh, no, it's like a full face helmet yeah. with a black smoke screen and I flip the visor up and I'm wearing sun, sunglasses underneath. 
Um, what's what's the soundtrack? Is that the scene? Uh, well, <laughs> what, are, what are we hearing on. while we yeah, see this, yeah, this vision in yeah. red? I won't tell you the soundtrack. You're wearing goggles and you got the scarf. Come on, man. What are you no, listening no, I, to? I won't tell you the soundtrack because I actually did have a, 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 a I don't know, I guess it was a cassette player or something like that. When I, a Walkman. Yeah. And um, I was listening to disco music. So yeah, oh, there you are. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's not what I was <laughs> expecting. So, yeah, you weren't expecting ABBA, that. Flying so, down the highway yeah. to ABBA. Yeah, you have to have the right beat. So, uh, and I'd, I'd bump into some farmer and, you know, hey, how you doing? Oh, it's a beautiful bike. And we, we'd end up talking for hours on end. Yeah. And I came, I, I'd come away from that, you know, thinking to myself, this is nothing at all like what you would expect. This, this guy's not a redneck. He's as friendly and, and decent a guy as you'll ever meet. Uh, and it's funny because I get back on the highway and the, what creeps back into my head mm. is that image of somebody shooting me. It's, it's, it's a very powerful, it's, it's, it's a fear that is very hard to dislodge. Yeah. And, you know, even now when we travel in the States by car, mm. I'm very uneasy in certain places, and it 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 has mainly to do with the fact that it, it's ingrained. I've 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 you know I I saw what people did in the South during that era before the civil rights you know mm -hmm. during the civil rights movement, and it sticks with you. Mm -hmm. Well, like uh, people have some of these same irrational ideas uh, and fears about bikes. Well, and, yes, and of course. Any, anyone yeah, on you a know, bike, you gotta right? Be some kind you... of some kind of biker gang guy, and whatever. Yeah, but I will tell you that. I do get some, you know, what works against that, that fear is I tell myself, well, they, they were Democrats, you know, it's, you know, these were all Democrats, the, the, the people I was meeting and it really curiously, the people I met in the Midwest, um, these were all Republicans. I asked them the, the, the the people the the that caricature that portrayal the redneck isn't a republican it's a democrat i'm telling you southern democrats i live there i know i lived in a state that was segregated not not officially it was functionally segregated the town i lived in was it, but they were all democrats the 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 city government the state the state government they were democrats so you know i think to my, i i think to myself now when I'm traveling, you know, do I want to be going to a Democrat run place or a Republican run place? So, you know, now Chicago is like, well, I'm not so sure I want to go there or New York or whatever. New York, when Giuliani was around down there, we would go out and walk around in the middle of the night. It was, and we felt safe. It was now. Awesome. I would never do. No, you know, I, I I was there in 1981 in New York City. Yeah, and you know, we were told by everybody, stay away from Central Park. Yeah, don't be anywhere there. You know, and you can get mugged in broad daylight. Broad daylight. You know, like don't don't put all your money in your wallet. Keep it in your sock. Like it was. It was. <laughs> wow. it was oh yeah, it was. It was. It was like that. And then uh, I remember years and years later, I. Um, uh, I crossed the border to uh, go to New York City and uh, jumped on a plane in Buffalo. And I remember, you know, having some apprehension about it. Like, I remember being in, you know, the, the two towers and the Empire State Building yep. and hitting the usual spots in 1981. But when I arrived, I was like a little nervous and I was told it was safe. And when I got there and I saw what Giuliani had done to the city, you know, and I mean, as, as, 
As their leader, he really brought that place back in line. There were cops in herds on every corner, like eight of them, Everywhere. ten of them. Everywhere, Everywhere you looked, there were police. Yeah. And you know what? They were actually, like, it was very comforting. I went to Central Park and saw how it was being utilized by the public on a yep. Sunday afternoon. People yep. are roller skating yep. in this roller rink to music, and they're... they're thousands of people picnicking in these beautiful you know rolling hills and it's like oh my god with that city as a backdrop it was so beautiful and it was so good to see the people of new york like clearly feeling safe and it was like we're gonna go see where john lennon was shot and i'm like right away yeah, i'm yeah. thinking is yeah. it safe and you know like as as a police officer at the time you know my, my concern was always security and i remember uh you know being in new york and and, and by the end of my trip after just a few short days I, I felt completely safe in new york city in a way that I didn't think was possible and it completely changed my opinion of the city and I know that I know that uh, Giuliani had, you know, Rudy had a lot to do with that apparently he turned he that city around he did and, and his successors up to a point benefited from that it's, it's devolved really it's, it's dra- bad now dramatic. well it's now bad. they've returned now they've if, as far as I'm concerned they've yeah. returned to that state where yeah, but they've got a little ways to go before problems. they get back to where they were yeah. um, my, my, my concern is that you know, here in Canada, you know, we, we moved out of out of Toronto, and not because it was violent. And it, honestly, the violence in Toronto is very, very localized. You've got to be in the Jane Finch corridor. You've got to be down in Cabbage Town, believe it or not, still, you know, downtown core. My neighborhood was getting crazy. That's why yeah. I moved. Yeah. Well, I yeah, I remember... Um, I did a, um, a stint as a, oh man, it's a long time ago. Uh, I was, uh, a transport driver. Uh, I'd pick up an actor in, uh, in, uh, I guess the Cabbage Town area and take him out to Hamilton, t- you know, for a shoot. So I get there very early in the morning and there were people breaking into cars <laughs> yeah. on the street where I was sitting waiting. And, you know, the guy comes out and I said to him, yeah, it's a pretty rough neighborhood, you know? And, and so it goes on. Um, and the, 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 the problem I, I have is that I don't, I think, you know, why we have a very leftist, uh, government, uh, municipal, municipal governments traditionally are leftist. They're more left than, than, uh, provincial governments are, uh, at least traditionally. So, uh, I'm, I'm really concerned about how, the direction in which things are going there. There's more and more violence. Um, and it's not just necessarily gun violence, but there is there is more gun violence and these are people who are involved in criminal activity it's exclusively exclusively criminal activity this is not illegal gun owners running amok no yeah a lot of gang violence i i lived in liberty village before i moved uh just just last year yeah which is a lovely you know latte and little dog kind of neighborhood right uh and i was certainly paying a fortune to live there um but we had we had a few things overlapping as issues um we did have a lot of respite centers there were three of them built in the neighborhood which i didn't I personally didn't have an issue with, but a lot of residents were complaining that we were uh, being overrun by homeless people. So that was changing their property values. And I didn't own there, so I don't really care. But we also have the CAMH down the street. And what what was happening, and it was really mind-boggling, is that they would take uh, violent offenders who have mental health issues and put them in the CAMH um, building 
because you know you don't want to put them in a in a prison because it's not fair they have mental health issues and they need care and i and i understand the logic of that but what the camh doesn't have is security <laughs> so i got in one summer eight notices that a violent do not approach type person had escaped and was wandering the neighborhood um these were people one of them had chopped up his roommate into pieces um you know various scary stories they're very dangerous people and they're out roaming around in Liberty Village and it was happening one after the other the CAMH is not equipped to do what they're trying to do there That's right. and then on top of that we had something like I, I forget what Mark Saunders said like 200 rival gangs now competing for turf downtown so we had shootings on, on the Ossington Strip where I used to yep. go to the bar and hang out yep. multiple shootings in a weekend um, my little park in Liberty Village there was a drive-by shooting in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday just after after I left the park with my girlfriend, somebody was shot or there. Um, and all of this was going on and my son and I would find that we'd be sitting at an intersection with the windows unrolled and someone would just come and reach right into our car or spit at us or whatever. Right. So it it got overwhelming. Yeah. And this is, this is what, you know, I hate to say it because these, you know, you listen to these people talk and most of it's drivel anyways, but you know, these, the leftists, you know, they, they seem to have the best intentions and they're looking out for the underdog, you know, the, the you know, these uh, marginal uh, groups, these populations. Well, they're half-baked but ideas, because I do yeah. understand the sentiment. Well, they're, 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 I understand yeah. the caring, but they they're not. They haven't been baked at all. Yeah, right? these, these <laughs> like, ideas don't work, yeah. and they're not complete, and they fall yeah. apart. And, yeah. and, and you know what? I, I, I'm not going to go along with, you know, they have the best of intentions, because there are times when I think that nobody could possibly be that stupid. <laughs> yeah. um, you well, know, they, like they the carding's car, a perfect example. <laughs> carding. Right. You know, and for people out there that think that carding is this awful thing uh, as a retired police officer, I'm here to tell you that, you know, you can make it into whatever you want. The truth is, is that uh, police officers utilize that tool, uh, you know, street checks, you know, a.k.a carding the evil carding they they use that to shake down known bad guys so keeping track carry. of the bad guys yeah they keep track of the bad doing. guys who's you know when when they're shaking down those guys and, and you can sit there and argue well that one group is perhaps targeted more than the other whatever the case may be the same the same people uh regardless of their ethnicity uh skin color or any other you know uh any other thing you know the same people are carrying guns using guns shooting at each other they are you know like just let's eliminate race from the equation altogether and ethnicity from the equation altogether. The same people are, are doing that regardless of, you know, in, in truth, that's else. in truth. You know, when they, when they do now, they, they, they look back on that period of time was the broken, broken windows policy in New York. Mm-hmm. When they look back on that and they more or less concluded that the guy that they popped, you know, for jump into turnstile, you know, in the subway was the same guy who later in the day might very well have mugged somebody or, you know, physically hurt somebody. They found that when they went after these minor infractions, these misdemeanors, the the felonies started to drop. Mm-hmm. And it, it, like you say, it's it's the same people. It's the places that, that they, they have, go to and the people they associate with. It's just like when yeah. when three Antifa protesters got shot and all three happened to be criminals. Yeah. Well, not, yeah. not just the not odds just, are good. Yeah, the odds good. are real good. But they're not like, you know, like shoplifting <laughs> criminals either. They're no. like, like real yeah. pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you're dealing with you know uh, 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 I don't know I, I would I I guess it's a relatively small percentage of the population that have impulse control issues, and and it, it manifests oh, itself. Know. You know, but it manifests itself in so many ways and you know if you if you looked at what these individuals do 
you know, in a given year, it would range between, you know, like you say, shoplifting or some misdemeanor, you know, up to beating the crap out of somebody. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the carding, like you say, you're keeping track of the bad guys. You know, if I, if, for example, if I walked into a neighborhood and a policeman stopped me and he took some details down on me, which I guess is the beginning of carding, mm-hmm. would, would constitute the beginning of it. That's basically that's basically it. Yeah, in terms just, of the, con- the the exchange between the person, the subject, right. and the officer. And I would go off and yep. he might never see me again, yep. in which case my card gets chucked. If he sees me, you know, doing something, you know, suspicious, you know, six hours later, guess what? I'm getting carded. And this, but this is this is what efficient policing should look like. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they Giuliani and his his guys use computers to predict where crimes would be committed. They they had the incidents of crimes at locations, and they mm-hmm. would send their police to those locations. Mm-hmm. We, we're, and we're doing why that, not? We're, do, we're doing that. At, you know, like obviously, even at the municipal level, you know, they're starting. Starting to come alive in terms of uh, intelligence collection, yeah. and you know to see on a map, you know where, you know with the red dots marked on a map, yeah. where all the crimes are occurring, what types of crimes they are, you know property crimes, thefts, yeah. you know violence, you, you you could see the areas of concentration. That's right. of the it resolves colors. into something that you can yeah. understand and, and, right. just and, in time to defund the police. Oh yes. yeah, well, oh, for but, sure. But, but, but the whole purpose of carding, though, is to shake down bad guys. Because I'll tell you what happens. And we warned them. We warned them. We said, if you're going to do away with carding, reg- for regardless of whatever reasoning you have, you have to realize that there is going to be a massive escalation in violence. And what happens is, is that eventually, if you leave the worst of the criminal population uh, to go unchecked, they will start carrying guns. And after a while, their competition will get tired of people lifting up their shirts and brandishing the guns, and eventually they want to be armed too. And then, of course, you know, confrontations escalate to the point where people start shooting at one another. It's always the same. They do away with the carding about a year or so later, always turns out the same way. Um, brandishing becomes shooting at one another, becomes eventually innocent people getting caught in the crossfire. And and whenever police warn you know, their political leadership, their organizational leaders, uh, that this is what's going to happen. It goes completely ignored. I understand Alberta now has adopted a uh, non-carding, you know, they would no longer have a carding practice there. Uh, Nova Scotia got themselves a new chief of police, uh, formerly of the Hamilton Police Service. Uh, Dan Casella is out there now. And what we've got now is, uh, you know, again, you know, Nova Scotia doing away with the carding process. So I think it's reasonable to expect because it does always turn out the same way every single time we're going to see within a year and a half these places erupt into violence you know and there will be gunplay and they will all be illegal guns they will not be gun owners these will not be hunters target shooters sportsmen enthusiasts gun collectors factor will not make it into the news no of course not it'll be a gun issue it'll be a gun issue so i mean to my original point i think that it's entirely possible all the time that the left or the left-leaning politicians actually create the set of circumstances that it optimizes the possibility of the worst possible outcome so that they can drive these horrible policies that only impact well, people. Well, their, their, their agendas and, and, and what's behind those agendas are, are a set of beliefs that I would characterize as somewhat religious in nature because they are based on nothing other than just they believe it, you know, some notion. So the say, for example, you could make an argument... And it is somewhat persuasive if it's if it's unchallenged or unexamined. Say, for example, 
Uh, the more police you have in a neighborhood, the more crime there will be in that neighborhood. Oh, how does that work? Well, the police are going to arrest people for whatever minor infraction. You know, it's like most people break the law. They might speed or they'll, you know, will go through a, a stop sign on a roll or whatever. But if you put police in the neighborhood, all of a sudden they're going to be finding this crime that's always been there. And they'll be perpetrating themselves on the neighborhood. So these are high crime neighborhoods because of the police presence. Mm -hmm. If you take the police away, the crime levels drop. Then this is the sort of thing that they believe. It's the same kind of logic that's that was used in this Florida nonsense where, you know, if you have a a, a, a population that has a, a, a you know, they're, they're, say, for example, uh, well, in the criminal statistics. So the criminal statistics says, well, this X population is responsible for most of the crime. Well, you can lower the crime rate by not prosecuting the crimes. Yeah. Now, think about that. They're breaking the law. Just don't charge them. The rate drops. And you can turn around, as a liberal, and say... The rates drop. They do the same thing in medicine for um, in medical studies when reporting adverse effects and yes. don't report anything below two uh, yeah. percent, which means a certain number of deaths and adverse effects don't get reported because they fell under, uh, you know, the like threshold. a minimum a minimum threshold. Yeah, that's uh, well, that gives everybody a very false yeah, impression more than of two how standard safe. deviations away from the norm. The, the, yeah. on any in any uh, sort of typical Just distribution, which is uh, a bell curve. Uh, the two percent is the, uh, the the one side left and right hand side of the curve is the two percent, and that's called significance. Anything below two percent, it's it's not significant. Yeah. It's, it's zero. So, yeah, I mean, I know I know how these things are done in 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 medical trials. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there, I can at least understand it. There's so much money involved that you know a little cheating is understandable. I feel like but. people, the public doesn't understand that a certain amount of death is allowable. Like they're assuming if something is safe that it's safe. They don't know what that means. Well, what what the what the pharma companies call safe is not what I would call safe all the time. Are we, yeah, are we are we going to get into vaccines this conversation? Yeah, it's 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 yeah, we're getting there, man. Topical. It's no not one more child, not one more child, not one more child. You hear the it's like a mantra. Not one more. You know, you're not going to allow one more person to die. Well, the, you know, it. you can't run pol- public policy in that way. I hate to say it, but it really does boil down to cost benefit. You, you, you look at what sort of benefit you're going to bring to society and at what cost. Uh, at one time, you're giving up all your, your civil rights, your freedoms is too great a cost, you know, to save X number of, you know, 10 or 20 lives a year. It just, it just wasn't conceived of. Uh, but because politics, leftist politics, uh, relies very, very heavily on emotion, they motivate their entire uh, 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 support, their their uh, uh, all their members, by making them into one sort of lynch mob after another. Yeah. And um, it's 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 really it's frightening to watch. It's dreadful to watch. But this is the problem with conservatives, in in my view. Why you were saying you were saying earlier uh, at dinner that millions of people seem very complacent, frustratingly complacent in Canada and the U.S. But I feel like that's a psychological issue because conservatives are by nature conservative. Yeah, we tend to not. Our own worst enemies in so many cases. Our very way of thinking actually, uh, you know, holds us back in the 
this sense when people say do something uh, conservatives the least likely to do something yeah well yeah it's true and i i you know i do find myself getting caught up you know like when i when i hear something that's inflammatory and you know you have this reaction to it but you know i've had the benefit of of watching i don't know probably there's a good half dozen old cowboy movies that run on the, the plot runs on a you know guy who's falsely accused and they put the noose around his neck and is i think invariably you know he gets saved last minute or something and or no excuse me and, and many of them they hang the guy and then they find out he was innocent after all <laughs> so these are sort of lessons that you learn you know cultural lessons that you learn not to be part of a lynch mob. The fact and, that uh, most young people have not learned this lesson the, yet. The fact that you're thinking through lessons and yeah. history and yeah. weighing the pros and cons is the conservative way, and why we don't all go out and do stuff. Well, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 it's, lo- it's, it's logic and yeah. measured reasoning, it's, and well, it's yeah. it's it's being it's being it, 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 however rudimentary it may may seem analytical. Yeah. You're, you're analyzing means that you are weighing, right. you are judging, yeah. uh, and you are not allowing yourself to be moved by some emotional, initial emotional impulse. You know, you wait. Right. Um, and I mean, it's, that's, that's, a, it's like if you're, in, when you're in policing, mm-hmm. you know, this, you're going to have a reaction to when you're, when you're dealing with people, especially when they want to fight. Oh, yeah. uh, and you know, you, 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 you learn certain strategies and those strategies are not just to deescalate. So they don't fight. It's deescalate. So you don't fight. Oh yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you, um, for everybody out there that's, you know, pushing law enforcement, uh, you know, mistreating them. Yeah. God knows I've it's, seen so many examples, uh, now, <clears throat> on the internet, I'm sure it happens every day uh, for all the good men and women of law enforcement, for all our EMS uh, service members, that includes corrections and border services, uh, you know, the people that deal with the public, some of the worst of the public in uh, many cases, you know, hats off to all you guys for maintaining your composure, keeping your cool. And uh, I think I think what people need to realize is there's only so long you can abuse people who uh, exercise and demonstrate good self-control uh, before something really bad happens. And that left, is, that's the truth of it. Right, These are it, people who are exercising self-control mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. doing it all the time for us. Mm-hmm. And well, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's so important. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's one reason why I always, I always say it. You know, there's a lot of people in the uh, firearm community and in, you know, the circles I travel in that aren't necessarily, they, I mean, a lot of people support the police, but they're not very happy, you know, at the prospect of perhaps losing their guns and the police being the ones that would come to seize them. And, or, you know, the, certainly there've been a few cases in the past where, you know, there's been, um, overreach, you know, by certain, uh, federal um, organizations. We have recent examples <clears throat> with the lockdowns as well. Oh That's yeah, not going over well. Yeah, yeah. we should. We should. We should. Uh, that that was a good segue. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that. The, You're uh, welcome. Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, it's now December. Uh, it's been one full year since uh, I guess this virus landed on us, uh, the Wuhan virus from China. China. From China. China. And. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're in now uh, yet another cold and flu season. No, we're not. Uh, no flu. Yeah, well, <laughs> flu actually, doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Didn't you hear? <laughs> I, I exaggerate only a little bit to say that no one died of old age last year. <laughs> uh, I I still haven't seen the statistics 
Uh, Johns Hopkins actually published uh, a set and then retracted them under what pressure you can only guess at. But the, uh, the, it looks to me as though the numbers of people that are dying haven't really gone up all that dramatically. Um, and there are those who are now saying, and I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to, to, you know, to, to believe that we are looking at people who are locking themselves down over a common cold virus. And if you stop and think like that, you don't, even if you don't believe it, just entertain the thought for a moment, Mm -hmm. just entertain the thought. We're destroying this world over a common cold. Now, is that so? Well, this might be a worse virus than than usual, Mm -hmm. but think about what we're doing. Has it helped all this lockdown? Apparently there's still record numbers of people who are getting this virus, so... I guess the lockdown has to go forever. Well, you know, th- this is this is where I have a real problem. Like, I mean, if the case number, if they're if they're increasing the number of uh, tests, of course the number of cases are going to go up. Especially yeah. when the tests are geared specifically to amplify the amount of uh, virus that it may f- tickle at the back of your, you know, brainstem when they stick in that probe. How many, how many cycles they put the test through, right? Yeah, so, so, yeah. so I, I, like, I really want people to kind of, kind of wrap their heads around this. I mean, I, it's scary. I get it. You know, you read about it in the paper and, you know, the mainstream media is, seems dead set to, you know, fear monger as much as they can, you know. Well, they do. I, they the do. New York, New York state government has a public service announcement, which is go get tested, go get tested, go get tested. And oh, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking to myself, for heaven's sake, don't go and get tested. Yeah. All you're doing is adding to the numbers yeah. that justify the lockdown. You want yeah. to get out of a lockdown? Stop testing. Every every everybody's pushing for more testing. And I mean, if if the tests are geared in such a way that they amplify, you know, the amount of material far more than is uh, considered to be an acceptable standard, where where perhaps you know people might be able to transmit the. You're disease. basically showing somebody has a vi- some part of a, of a, some part of a virus particle in their body, uh, you found it, and they now test positive. Are they sick? No. Are they are they communicable? No. But you're counting them as a case. Yeah. And, you know, I don't... There's They're not giving any information. Listen to me. They're not giving any information. They're not telling you this is the same COVID virus as last year that we're finding. Because there are a lot of different COVID-like uh, viruses out there. And they, you know, if you look historically, you find out that, and I think we mentioned this last time we were talking, the average adult gets three to four COVID-like infections a year. God only knows where you get it from, but I can tell you how you get it. It's on your hands, you touch your face, you get sick for a couple days, you sniffles or whatever, and you get over it. So they're not saying anything about it. They're not saying anything about the death rate. They don't talk about deaths because there are hardly any. Because that would be something you could actually compare to the numbers and go, wow, it's really good right now. It's gone way down. I would say that they're, I won't say they're vanishingly small because it isn't really nice to talk about people dying as being not, not significant. But the average age of someone dying is 80, above 80, I think right now. 85. Yeah, something like that. And sadly, that's the age at which people die. From one thing or another, you know, yeah. the like you you've been in nursing homes. I surely mm-hmm. have been, yeah. 
and people die. Yeah. They get it. They get an infection. They get pneumonia. They die. Yeah, often the flu, pneumonia. Yeah. Um, and and it's a cascade. Once you get yep. one thing uh, falling yep. apart on someone with lowered immunity, yep. it it really can kind of lead them down the path. Right. Um, every fall, every winter. You know, if if people, if people instead of wearing a mask, because I was joking last time that I, I've been wearing the same mask since last February. <laughs> I have. <laughs> it's so it's, gross. It's, it's, it's we disgusting. talked about this last time. Did you not, did you not get a new mask yet? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. The elastic's getting really, really weak on it. Okay, you know you can get yeah. sick from that, eh? That's uh, in fact, I, my face broke out, and I thought, oh god, oh, you know, it's like gross. yeah. So kids are getting like impetigo and staph infections. Yeah, no, I can fight that off. Ordinarily, the professor is a model of hygiene. Actually, I feel like I can eat off the floor in your home, but when it comes to this mask thing, you're really I got I got my mask on and I'm walking through the store and I'm chewing on the mask. I can't help it. It's in front of my face. So so I chew on it. Oh boy. So so I can tell the inside of the mask and the outside of the mask. The outside that's looks disgusting. pretty good. The inside Oh god, that's how you so, can tell whether yeah. it's inside or out. So I, I reason to myself, well, I'm only gonna wear it for a couple of minutes, big deal. Uh, I will eventually change it because the, the elastic is getting too weak to do its, its what, work. One but. of my issues with the lockdown situation right now, um, and this is like whether you, uh, you know, are worried about COVID, you, you definitely don't think it's a hoax, you're on board with uh, being really concerned about it, or if you think it's total BS. Either way, how are we okay with the World Health Organization and the CDC and all these, you know, Fauci and various experts um, saying that they're not for lockdowns, that it's not helpful. Um, they, they've come out and said this is uh, more harm than it's worth. It doesn't help. It's not useful. They don't recommend it. And it seems like there's a massive disconnect between our politicians implementing what they do and the health experts that only a few months ago, were they were oracles. Yeah. So why are we now not giving well, a crap? You know, the, the, I really hate to say it, but it is really very simple. There's, mm -hmm. There is most certainly a political program at work yeah um well that had, and that makes it really clear right well it does you know you have uh newsom the governor of california uh you've got this idiot mayor from from uh uh, uh new york and the new york governor uh cuomo uh and you can add to that our own nitwit prime minister mm -hmm. who have said that this is an opportunity. This yeah. virus is For an opportunity reset. to reset. Yeah. So they're using this for political purposes. And, you know, in the United States, and now try to imagine a conservative government putting the country into debt in the trillions of dollars. They won't do it, but they just did. The left, with all these lockdowns, succeeded in getting Donald Trump to bankrupt the country now he spent more money on a covid relief bill than probably would have spent been spent in health care think about the sums involved trillions upon trillions of dollars yeah. so they're achieving their ends as we speak just, they're destroying the middle class and that yeah. is their goal i'm oh, telling definitely. you, you and must... independent small businesses but i i just find it really fascinating how the public doesn't seem to catch the bait and switch it was literally just a few months ago that we were revering uh medical experts yes. and what they say yes. and we are now just doing an about face and not listening to we them saved, how does the average person not pick up on this we saved millions of people you you say well what, we, we shouldn't be locked down oh oh you want people to die this is what I get. Yeah. 
die? Who's dying? Tell me who's dying. And, and you know, it's, it's like, it's, you know, I, I, I've said this in, in, in our previous discussions of all the people sitting in this room, I'm the guy that's most likely to die from it. And I have no fear. Yeah. None. I go out, I do my thing. If, if I were in public, would I not wear, wear the mask? Of course I'd take it off and not wear it. It's not doing any good. It's not because it's filthy on the inside from wearing for months on end. I'm telling you, it I'm doesn't matter. I'm definitely washing my hands more these days, but oh, my it's, hands it's not de- just a COVID just, yeah, concern. My, no, my hands are destroyed. They yeah. always have been. But it's like, you know, having good hygiene is probably the best thing. If you, yeah. if, you know, I'm with my wife in the store and she's watching what I touch. Don't, you know, if I touch the counter, if I touch the counter, you touch that counter, you have to disinfect your hands. <laughs> now listen to me. She was doing that before Wuhan virus yeah. well, because that, she knows that I can't afford yeah. to get, because I, I've, you know, the last, the last uh, pneumonia I got was pretty damn serious. There are plenty of scary things around Absolutely. and the surfaces on the subway Fre- and in the stores. Fresh eating bacteria. You know, yeah, <laughs> I mean, COVID aside, yeah. there are really good reasons to wash your hands regularly. Can, you know, I'm still waiting, you know, and, 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 and honest to God. I think to myself of all the things in our lifetime that they've tried to scare us with, uh, that what was what was the one that came out of Africa? Sorry, I'm having Ebola. Oh, Ebola. Yeah, I, we were yeah. all going to get Ebola by yeah, God. Yeah, it was yeah. going to spread throughout the face now, of the earth. Now that is scary. We, if it is, Ebola it, yeah. was uh, it's, it's scary. making the rounds here, yeah. I'd, I'd be locked down. Yeah, I'm not going to go out until <laughs> they saw, have a cure. I, I saw I saw a break when I heard the word pandemic when they first started floating it around. I was like, uh oh. Right, like I mean, even even I was nervous. Not much scares me. I, I'm. No, when you, you figure twenty percent of the population is going to drop dead in a flash, but it didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> not even two percent. And, and, and you know, I don't know how they can point to. Like I could tell you right now, police officers. <clears throat> sorry, guys, you're a disgusting bunch. You're all pigs. <laughs> I mean, like, like oh, no, no, no. Like I mean, like I'm sure, I'm sure that they have improved policy. You know, re- regarding. Um, you know, constant cleaning of keyboards and things. But I can tell you that as a police officer throughout the course of, uh, completing you know, routinely your, your daily activities, enforcing the law, you're handling some of the most grotesque mm. things and you're touching your you mic, your, your you're touching your keyboard, <laughs> you're touching. Yeah. I can tell you, yeah. I, I remember pulling, you know, bacon bits out of my holster that had fallen there from like two months prior. Like you, you can be, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. You can always tell hey, those how, bacon bits were probably, Probably sterile. Yeah, so, yeah. But, you can, but you can tell who's been a police officer for years and who has not. The news guys always have shiny boots, and yeah. the older guys, you know, their shirts a little more untucked yeah, and yeah. a little worn. And but, but I mean, it's it, it really is in policing. Like you're constantly in some of some of the worst environments, coming into contact with things. Uh, I'm sure it's improved, but at the same time, it's like. Man, if police officers and you know EMS workers are not dropping like flies and paramedics, something was off. Like yeah. I mean, they had us you know, all. Or bleeding. our homeless population. Or the homeless population. Uh, it's not that it's not real, and you never hear that come out of my mouth. But I, I really do believe that what what should have been done. Like I mean, it's it's common sense. I think for anybody uh, who's who's thinking straight, the moment we heard there was a virus that had begun in China, we just should have shut off our international travel routes. Oh man, it would have been so simple. It might have like it wouldn't jump across the ocean on its own. We've, uh, we've had flights coming in. They keep coming in. Well, I remember, I remember Bill Blair sitting there saying, "We're implementing new measures in order to keep Canadians safe." And I'm thinking to myself, "You're so full of shit." They added an extra box to the customs questionnaire. <laughs> you know, I know customs officers that are waving people through. How do you feel? 
You feel okay? Okay, come on in. Like, I mean, what a disaster. They should have shut down our borders. They should have made sure to test people as they were coming in. We could have minimized this thing and insulated our senior yeah, population not, and the people most vulnerable, even well, in the first I'm not sure that would have helped. See, the problem is, you know, we're, we're looking at a continuing infection. Lock, lockdown doesn't seem to help. It's still there. Still there. Yeah. Why? Why didn't it disappear? We're all been locked down. We, we, we've done these protocols, and they're not really helping. And you know, the the, I suppose the most people, if they were reasonable enough and thought about it, they would conclude, well, there really is no way of stopping a virus. There isn't. Once it's out, it's out. Mm-hmm. What I, you say wonder, about locking locking down in China might have helped, but I don't know. I'm it's, curious what difference it would have made, and maybe none. Um, but if we had uh, uh, fortified our nursing homes better, because this yeah. this is a system that's already uh, underfunded, already having major issues, and this really kind of highlighted yeah. how our nursing homes were dysfunctional but you already you know tell me nursing homes have oh i know yeah 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 incidents of infections absolutely absolutely this is why i'm saying i i don't know if it would have made a difference but if anything we could we could have logically um did a, you know a little forethought would have said okay protect our vulnerable immune compromised elderly people who are all living together in nursing homes yeah. that's where you want to put your money your ppe extra funding yeah. and mm-hmm. protocols actually you, you get some vitamin d com- drops they don't even have to you know, oh be, yeah okay well now God, now see, this is a whole can of worms don't even yeah. get me started no, on how we medicate old people and don't no 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 but d drops you just <laughs> open your mouth you put a drop yeah in, yeah but that's you know? logical and yeah. that's not how we do health care so no <laughs> no yeah a, a, a little tiny zinc tablet in a nutrition D-drop, what's that yeah uh well even if they don't eat even if they have bad nutrition you yeah. can still boost the immune system en- enough that yeah. they have a, at least a fighting chance i guess uh, but again, a lot of yeah. a lot of the older people who have comorbidities, of which old age is perhaps the most serious. You know, their yeah. hearts are worn out, their lungs are worn, you know, all these all these problems. Um, can you save them? You can do what you can. Uh, but when these viruses get out, yeah. they get out. They're gonna they're gonna keep going until there is uh, herd immunity, and anybody who says that that won't develop is not, that's nonsense. It's, it develops and stays long enough that the particular virus in question loses its, its, um, uh, it becomes less and less dangerous. So you know we're we're locking down for no for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, the idea of social distancing, the information you know very well. They're now talking thirty feet. Yeah. So what the whole? That's the whole, how. Just the that's mark. how far the virus travels from someone who's infected. It'll travel thirty feet. The term social distancing yeah. didn't exist before yeah. this year. It's it's pseudoscience. We it we don't have any basis for implementing this. Yeah. I mean, think about how how much would it cost to put? Uh, and of course, you know that you'll be censored. We're going to get censored over this. Oh, probably. You put UV lights. Uh oh, and right. bleach in your blood. Go on. <laughs> yeah, just put no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't no, don't even have to put, put the, you know, put the no lights need, in no the blood. need to put bleach in your blood. Uh, which incidentally, I was which, joking by the way. Which incidentally, I, have, I, I need to inform joke. you. I need to inform you that in Europe they actually inject people 
inject them yeah. with hydrogen peroxide, peroxide. Yeah, but that's which this, is which is it's it, it's is a bleach like substance. It's not bleach though. Hydrogen it's not, it's right. Not. And people confuse this. Hydrogen peroxide is a very useful medical tool and it it's, has been used. People drink it, ingest it yeah. in in holistic yes. practices yes. without dying. Uh, it's not bleach. Yeah. No, it's not. It's uh, hydrogen peroxide is used uh, medically in Europe. We our medical community uh, frowns on it here. Um, there's a whole bunch of politics associated with that, of course, because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. And um, you know they're they're injecting it in people. They're you, you breathe it in. You 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 yeah. drink you drink it. it now, I don't you, know if I would inject it. I don't feel like no, I'm, it's, I haven't it's, read enough about it's, that. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> uh, it's uh, medical community yeah. thought using leeches was cool too. So yeah. body, hey, it is. They still use. Them. Oh, you know yeah. what? I don't even want to hear that. I got, use, I got a real dude. problem. I got yeah. a real problem. Also, honey in wounds. Yeah. Oh, honey yeah. is an amazing Absolutely. antibacterial agent. Yeah. The, the hydrogen pro- your your body actually produces hydrogen peroxide to fight off infections. So it, even if you don't ingest it, right. your body's producing it. Yeah. And the theory was that you you use a little extra to get the job done. Um, and um, it does come with some risks. There are some risks associated with it. Cer- certainly, uh, to your listeners, you must know that if you take anything over three percent, three percent, you are going to hurt yourself. You can yeah, kill I w- yourself. I wouldn't recommend dabbling in it without never, without having a without medical having, practitioner. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna I, say I am you're not like, recommending it. I am you, not if you're under the care of a practitioner yeah. who is who is overseeing your care yeah. with that, you know, then listen to them and ask if, them if questions. If you do cut yourself, you can put hydrogen peroxide as part of the uh, your routine to clean a wound, to disinfect, and most Canadian doctors will tell you it doesn't do a very good job yeah. of that. Or alcohol. Don't put alcohol in your wounds. No, drink. Really? Drink. No, 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 kill, no, no, It kills no. nice, fresh, new cells. What about what about iodine? We used no. to use that. Oh, geez. Yeah. That, the the that old, old doctors old are still slapping the really? baby on everything. I, yeah. yeah. I, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> baby, just I just that. clean it and cover I it. Pain in a bottle. That's what it was. That's what it was in the seventies. Nice uh, a porterhouse steak uncooked. Just slap it on there. Uh-huh. Man, you're good. I remember or coming mud. off come off my bike a couple of times. Maybe a bad skateboard accident yeah. spill, yeah. and uh, iodine became your friend after you were right. done picking the pebbles out of your yep. kneecaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you know, I, I wanted to talk quickly yep. about this because I'm curious to know what your take is on this. Because you know, of course, I get the qu- people asking questions like, "Well, if none of this makes sense, why are they doing it? Like, I mean, if, if this isn't about public safety, yep. you know, why are they locking Apologies. things down?" Apologies. And it brings us back to, you know, again, uh, the subject of, you know, Marxism and the, the direction that some people wish to see the economy go in. And I couldn't help but notice, you know, for, for years, you know, a lot of people have been pointing the finger and saying, like, you know, if you haven't realized it yet, you know, we're heading towards this ideology that historically has never worked out well. And then, of course, uh, the usual response from the left is you're a bunch of conspiracy theorists. Nobody's doing that to you. You know, nobody wants to take your guns. Nobody's trying to drive the economy into the ground. Nobody's trying to take away your rights. And yet, you know, time and again, those are happening right right? now. (laughs) And yet time and again, you know, those people mysteriously evaporate into cyberspace. All those people that, you know, were uh, more than willing to call you names, uh, tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists, you know, magically disappear. But I couldn't help but notice this one. I'm curious to know what your take is on this, Danny. So this is Krista Freeland. She uh, she had spoken publicly, and this well, is what she said. Really zeroing in on the preloaded stimulus idea. None of us have a crystal ball, um, but economists uh, like Ben, like Doug, have been pointing out that some Canadian households, and it tends to be the better off households, 
do have quite a lot of money that they've saved because there hasn't been that much to do in the pandemic. And certainly it would be great if that money could go towards driving our recovery. And I want to make an offer now to all of your listeners. If people have ideas on how the government can act to help unlock that preloaded stimulus, I am very, very interested. Maybe as Doug Porter was suggesting, it happens by itself. That's the best case scenario for me. But if people have ideas on how we can really, you know, try to unleash that and particularly unleash it in the parts. I want to hey. thank Devolve so, for real. I, before you say anything, Danny, because I, I see the look on your face and I can tell you as a, a, retired, a retired police officer, uh, I know a whole lot of horse shit when I hear it, and I and I know and I know danger when I see it, and when the uh, new uh, finance minister, Krista Freeland, she was appointed that position after the old one had to resign from scandal after scandal being yep. uh, brought to light, but the right hand of the prime minister of our country just said those words. You listened to it just like I did. When I hear her say. Maybe if you have any ideas, you know, to the, everybody out there in the public, if you have any ideas how we can unleash the potential of these uh, great Pre-loaded savings, stimulus. right? So, so, so the first thing, first thing that jumps to my mind immediately is you lazy bastards trying to pimp ideas out of the public. I, I, I think they're just trying to gain public support to take savings that people have squirreled away over the years, working very hard, building businesses. Well, some academics will have fun with this. All, it's a university project. To all, all I, all I hear is we're going to take your money. Yes. We're going to take I, your money. I, uh, we're going to use it for the good yeah. of the public. We need it now. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are desperate right now who don't have money, who might be in favor of something like this, taking it away from perhaps the wealthiest portion of the population. Then there's the people that are really entitled and they feel like, you know, hey, why should they have it? And I don't. They're going to support it. And then they're going to be people well, they're, they're going to be so banged up. They're not even going to be able to fight it. A very large group of people in need. Mm-hmm. Very large. Uh, what she's just done is basically it's a prelude to increasing taxes and creating new ones. It's going to happen to your listeners. I guarantee you, ironclad, that the taxes that you pay are going to go up and they're going to find new ways to lift money out of your pocket. But and they're going to tell you this is, like they say, it's preloaded. No, they said to help the government government that thinks stop and think to yourself what problem has a government ever solved by throwing more money at it by throwing more money at it none nothing i also just found that really lame how she tried to spin the you know lockdowns as something positive like well these wealthy people are they're saving money because there's not as much to do do. pardon why do you think they're wealthy people who own companies are hard-working business owners who have struggled through this they had to be at one time or another if they're not now i know i know plenty of wealthy people who got that way not because they inherited a lump sum of money but because they own businesses they employ people they have stores that have been shut now they're not sitting at home on a pile of money going oh i guess i'll save this because there's not so much to do. Yeah, but not now. She's asked you. To, to no, but it. she's just asked you to come up. Let's be clever. Let's help her out here. <laughs> so, so well, but maybe it'll do itself. She said. Like, so. well, like we're not okay. You're not sitting on a pile of money, in terms of like cash, 
but you do have other kinds of wealth. Right. So, so I'm a business owner and I'm, well, I'm no, not going out to no, the bar as much. No, let's, yeah, there aren't going to be that <laughs> many business owners home. left when this is all done. So let's look at just ordinary individuals. You have wealth, but it's not necessarily cash. Oh, but you own a house and you have cars. And you have, so they're going to come up with wealth tax, a wealth tax that will force you to come up with the cash. Um, you know, it's not like I'm going to take a painting off my wall and deliver it to the government and say, here, this has value. No, they're going to make you come up with the money. As your reward for making it through this difficult time Absolutely. and sitting at home and having yeah. less to do, now yeah. you get to pay. Now, is there a solution to it? And and this is something that I've been thinking about quite a lot because I know that we've been put in this position. The left has has, has used the virus to force us by 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 virtue of the lockdown and zero virtually zero economic activity uh they've put us into debt into a very bad situation uh they've already said the prime minister already said that the the only way they can pay for this is take money from one program and move it into another that's also a prelude to hey we're going to raise your taxes because the way we are is we're not going to allow them to take money out of those programs. You know, people are going to squawk. They're going to say, no, you can't take the money out of this. Well, where are you going to get the money from? I don't know that there's a solution to this. The, the, the public debt and the leftists have a, a curious attitude towards public debt. I went through this when I was at the university and we had these so-called seminars. And I heard more than once... Well, it's just money that we owe ourselves. It's nothing. We can keep printing money forever. It doesn't make any difference. Well, it does. And you have to keep in mind that on top of your having increased taxes and new taxes, they are going to be printing money and they're going to devalue the money that you have. And are going to create uh, a kind of inflation that will be extremely damaging to older population on fixed in income. It'll drive them into the poorhouse if they're not already there. It's a really desperate, it's a bad situation, and most people don't want to think about it, but the public debt is a really serious problem. I, I was just hearing yesterday, you just reminded me that um, somebody was saying something like 30% of the money in the U.S. was printed just last year. Um, so the it's hard to keep track. Of yeah, it. I'm wonder. I'm wondering what Canada's numbers are because yeah. we're we're. I I also heard a rumor. I don't know if it's still true, but that they were going to suggest debt forgiveness for individuals uh, if they take the COVID vaccine. No, so that's there's, there's no there is never a debt forgiveness. It just means that somebody oh, else pays for it. I'm well aware, but yeah. the average <laughs> citizen, uh, they just hear, you know, oh, yeah. f that's help. Yeah. That's free money, right? In, in that case, in that case, I will not. I will refuse to take it. Yeah. I will not. If they make it, I uh, wonder if, if they you say that I have to that have a, a virus card to go on to travel by air, I will not take it. Travel by boat. 
Oh, what are you talking no, about? I will Ob- not take it. Oh, is, isn't, isn't Obama, Bill, and uh, all the uh, all Listen, the old boys? They can offer the presidential me, team going to take it? They can offer me two lollipops. How long do we get? I will not take it. <laughs> not even for two? <laughs> not, not How long do we get to observe Bush and Obama after they get the shot? Uh, yeah, I know. You know, you know sit, well, sit them in a room and I, watch. I have, I have visions yeah. of them getting the shot in the arm and going... See and holding their arms out, saying, "See, yeah. everything's fine. Come and get yours." And yeah. Meanwhile, they've been injected with some kind of like saline yeah. solution yeah, yeah, yeah. or some I, sugar I, water. I, I, yeah, I think the more I, I read about this, uh, this uh, these uh, frozen mm. vaccines, the more nervous I get. The nanoparticles. But, but, but the, ne- yeah, the, the, nevertheless, well, I'm, I'm. If 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 no one coerces me. Or threatens me, I will probably take it all on my own. Like I say, give me a lollipop, you can poke me with a needle. Okay, then we're but, gonna watch Dan. Yeah. Okay, so, I, so okay, but I can't, if, I can't if verify if this. I, I, I'll let you film it. <laughs> not, not my face, because we, we, we don't want to be that high profile, but you can you can you can film my, my furry arm and uh, I'll do it. But if if I'm coerced, I will not. I will not. Okay, well, that, look. That I, happened a little while ago. I, was this, was this a yeah. little while well, ago? I think it was about a week ago. Really? Okay, so this is the first that I've heard of it, and I haven't uh, I haven't received confirmation on it yet. But anyway, it says a Philadelphia priest dies after participating in Moderna COVID vaccine yeah. trial. Like, like I, I, you know, here, a spinal cord damage yeah. and neuromuscular You know, here's, here's my issue. These things happen. Well, yeah, you know what? They do. It, it, they, they, they will, do. And, and, I, and I get that. But you know what, though? These vaccines should take... A long time to develop. There should be proper trials, you know, long-term testing to see what the long-term effects may be. Uh, hey, if it works, if it's safe, is there any reason at all why the manufacturers need legal indemnification to protect them and insulate they them? They always do, though. This is really catching headlines right now. A lot mm. of people are like, oh, and you can't sue them. Guys, I got news for you. That's how it goes with vaccines. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it's been like that for a long time. The vaccines have been around a very long time and sure. it was during the smallpox epidemics in Europe people were getting vaccinated and essentially what they were given was smallpox yeah and a hair of the dog that bit the, you the, the, that's yeah. how it all started you know a small dose and they would get really sick and recover yeah. but some didn't yeah um so i mean in the in the larger scheme of things i'm looking at this and saying well golly is there a risk? Of course, there's a risk. Yeah. You know, there there are people who, you know, who go to a Chinese restaurant, put a spoon of Chinese food in their mouth, and go into anaphylaxis with MSG for heaven's sake. Yeah. And you know, does it happen often? No, but it happens every so often, yeah, and that's that's the way my, it is. There, my- Take on this, and I think it's important to say too, because we talked about this last time. Uh, mentioning vaccines is like I want to say I'm not an anti-vaxer too, because I have criticism for this vaccine and for the conversation around it and for the methodology around it. I have concerns. I have questions. <laughs> um, but that's not the same as saying you know, well, I'm an anti-vaxer. It. it to be against vaccines in general, to my mind, is like saying I'm against pain medication. Well, which one? In what dose? For whom? In combination with what? Like vaccines are, are very variable. And uh, some of them, the pros and cons are really clear to me and others not so much. Flu vaccine, for instance, I don't take. I had one. It nearly killed me. Um, 
this yeah that was a very that's yeah oh yeah i had a, a very very I had, unusual i was telling reaction. dan yeah. earlier i had a actually that, that, i was i was quite disturbed to hear the description that really was bad. that was bad i know my son was mad i didn't call 911 because i was embarrassed this is a nurse thing right like we don't ask for help but i uh i got a, a flu vaccine when h1n1 was going around and i went home and i started getting cold and shivering and shaking and then all my muscles contracted and i filled with fluid and i was like coughing up buckets of water my pulse was racing yeah Yeah. and i was i was in my bed like like contracted i couldn't relax my muscles and just shaking and racing for hours and hours and it wore off like sometime you know early in the morning and the whole time i didn't want to call 911 because i was like ah this is awkward but i I felt like you're you're lucky you didn't end up dead you're you're as bad as i am you know you know i i know one day i'm probably gonna die of a heart attack because i'll be sitting there saying it's fine yeah it's fine i've just got a pain in my chest arms numb don't worry but that happens i must have been Sleeping on it earlier. No, the, the, just shake it off. I, I never took the shot. I remember I, I've told this story before. I believe in podcasts, but uh, if, if you've never heard it, I had uh, I had a staff sergeant direct me to take the shot, and he said, "Get downstairs, get your shot." They're here today, the last day, and I said, "No fucking way, I'm not doing it." And I mean, I I never argued with my boss ever, but uh, on that particular day, I said, "I'm not I'm not getting it." He said, "Go downstairs." I said, "Get your shot." And this was like the early 2000s. So, I mean, you you did what you were told and uh, or run the risk of some very career limiting, you know, uh, responses. Yeah. So, but he looked at me, said, get it, get it. And I said, "I'm, I'm, I'm not getting it. And he says, go fucking get it. I'm telling you right now. And I, I looked at him. I said, you can't make me. That's that's the end of it. Which is and, true. And you know, well, it's true. But now, what if they told me I couldn't come to work? Yeah. What if they told me that I couldn't interact with the public? And what if I was told that you know yeah. the public is supportive of that because they're scared shitless because of what they've been reading in the news? Well, because we've declared a pandemic, there's this whole other paradigm to operate under that seems to bypass uh, basic bodily autonomy and Civil medical rights. rights. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, th- people this are willing is, to give it up. This is my concern too. I'm I was. Not- telling you earlier that I I have an issue with, um, you know, prescribing any medication and not being clear and forthright about the risks. Like I I have never seen in my life any procedure undertaken or any drug given without the doctor um, or whomever explaining to the patient what the risks are yeah. this is basic like even if even if you as a medical practitioner fully believe in, in what you're giving and you think it's the right choice you still have an obligation morally and ethically to tell them these are the risks the, you know this could happen you could get these symptoms you have to tell the patient and i'm seeing social media and and various politicians making a concerted effort to not tell the public what the legitimate risks are and mm. that's messed up to me yeah uh, keep in mind on the other side of that argument is your right to refuse. Oh yeah, and I mean that's, people do have a that's right another to layer refuse. to that. And it, it, it can be it's uh, my it's my uh, body for psychiatric social workers who have clients that are on medications. Those clients have a, a right to refuse. Yeah. Uh, well, under some circumstances, been... they they can be compelled. They can be, they can be, uh, I don't know what, the, what's the uh, phrase for it. They can be um, uh, certified and, mm, and yeah. but for only a very short period of time. Yeah. Uh, like no, a, you can't, you like can't make, yeah, you can't make people do things like that. Yeah, but you can't, but you can though, if you uh, 
like I mean, I, when I heard them say it's not going to be mandatory. However, we may restrict your movement. We yeah. may prevent you from using services. So yeah. you're basically yeah. held hostage. You are either shamed and guilted by a, a brainwashed public that believes that this thing is scarier than it is, combined with a limitation on your access to things that you should have access to as a human being. Yeah. Uh, kids, you want to go to school? Guess what? You may have to have the vaccine. Yeah, but I, Old people, all right, how, yeah. about, how about you get one? You're going to be the first. And I mean, you may have the most adverse reaction, but that's okay. Don't worry. It's safe. It'll be fine. But, it, but overlooks the fact that you may have already had this virus, in which case you're immune and you have the best, the best kind of immunity and you, and you aren't, cannot give it to anybody uh, or you don't have it, in which case you're not communicable. I mean, you're looking at all these, these, these yeah. circumstances and they're compelling you. Uh, but what, where's the logic in that? How can they compel you? Well, you can take the you can take the vaccination even though you've already had it. Why what? would I take a risk, any risk, if I've already had this this deadly virus and survived? I right? also it's it's my understanding from the the human trials that I've read so far that they don't have uh, research to show what happens if you do have this. If if you take the vaccine and you have coronavirus or if you Should have we? something similar, yeah. well, in animal trials, the reason they haven't done an mRNA uh, vaccine before ever successfully is because in animal trials, when it gets to the point that the animal is then introduced to the contagion, they get the cytokine storm. Your body goes into an immune overdrive. Yeah. And they pull the plug on the study every time. Yeah. So uh, we, we don't know at this point what happens to people who now encounter other illnesses and, and kick in this yeah. uh, immune response. And that's, well, I don't know what the percentage of people who would have this. I, I, I guess that it's fairly small, but it is very serious. That's a legitimate concern yeah. that we, we're now rushing doesn't, right past and we don't have yeah. time to discuss properly. It yeah. doesn't matter anyway, because when they die, they'll just be listed as COVID deaths. Yeah, that's right. See, we got to go that vaccine is justified, don't you know? Right? Unbelievable. Well, you know what? I don't want I don't want to get too deep into this vaccine conversation because I know what's going to happen. We're going to roll on into another hour, and I definitely don't want to see that happen. We've been running for about an hour and twenty five minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's been fantastic, and I definitely think that we're going to wrap it up very shortly. I, I, you got any closing thoughts? Anything on your mind? Yeah, I was going to. I was going to. No, I enjoyed the discussion. I had planned on 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 bringing my little green book up for, uh, but we'll leave that for, for, for another, another time. I, I managed to find in, in my library, the, the sayings of Ayatollah Khomeini. And, uh, I read, I read some, oh, oh, yes. and, yeah. um, it, it's, it's real entertainment folks. Uh, and this was written by a guy who was eventually flown from France to Iran and, and placed at the head of a government, under the promise that he would establish a democracy in Iran and look where they are now. We but, have to get um, you a cozy chair in front of a fireplace and have a yeah. reading. Well, see, yeah, actually, I, I guess most of it is is uh, family friendly. Some of it is some, some of some it is, is definitely not. Has any of this been family so, you know, I, I, I sat there yeah. with him and I, I got to admit the uh, the dinner conversation was interesting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yes, absolutely. I, yeah, I... I you know the the book itself. I re, I remember when I when I originally found it because I was I had been looking for it for years, and it was a pretty scarce book. And I couldn't understand you know the paperback that was published by Penguin Books back back in the day. They would have published lots of them, and and I'd be able to find it. And one of the uh, uh, fellows from the community said, "Well, no, 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 no. When the people buy this, 
people of the faith buy this and destroy it because it's it's inflammatory. You'd, we don't want this out in public. Mm. It's and, some uh, pretty frightening stuff. So it's, it's okay. Now yeah. I gotta now I gotta hear this. Well, it's here. I'll, I'll I will show it to you. The uh, we're 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 uh, we're we're uh, sitting comfortably in in the uh, in the uh, in the bunker mm-hmm. at, a, at a different location. We're no longer at the uh, gun club. And uh, at an unknown at an unknown location, uh, and my library is close to hand, so uh, I, I will show it to you. But we we will do that at another time. But uh, I I I would like uh, in in uh, our next uh, sit down to get a little bit more particular about what's going on here in Canada, because really, folks, it's there, there will be an election coming, mm-hmm. uh, probably sooner than later. Mm-hmm. And it's time to to talk about it. Yep, definitely got to get uh, get ahead of this thing. Yeah, yeah. And Heather, any parting shots coming from you at the end of the hmm. podcast? Oh, well, I'll uh, I'll riff off that, Dan. I kind of I feel the same way. I'm I'm fatigued. I think I'm getting kind of weary of every day there being uh, news that seems hopeful, and you think you know what's you know what the government's going to do either in Canada or the states, and it kind of doesn't pan out. It seems there's so much. Uh, um, what do you call it? Oh, deception, corruption. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm really weary of that. And and I do think, like you just said, Dan, that we, it is time for conservatives to be a little less conservative and a little more proactive for sure. Like we're, I think we're running out of time to be complacent. And this is um, some serious stuff that's going on. Yeah. I hope people are waking up. You know what? I, I see it more and more every day. I'm going to the left-leaning parts of the web. Uh, there's a lot of people I think that have been living life in the dark. Uh, that may just be coming out of their basement and seeing what's going on. Uh, the uh, sides are being selected. You know, definitely people out there in the uh, cyber world of the internet are uh, starting to get a feel for the direction of this thing. It's uh, it's looking pretty grim. Uh, I'm imagining that there's going to be a confrontation sometime shortly, one way or another. Uh, we never advocate for violence around here at the Canadian Gun Vault. It's really important that I impress upon everybody to keep your composure, stay cool, uh, but don't let anybody walk all over you. Uh, talk to your friends, families, uh, neighbors, uh, co-workers, colleagues. Uh, have the conversations that uh, need to be had and uh, speak to them about what's been going on. Uh, both politically and uh, as it relates to this COVID virus. Uh, We're definitely uh, entering into uh, 2021, and uh, 2020 has been an absolute blast. Uh, What a ride. What a year. I I don't know know about you, but I'm ready ready to get off. But Uh, uh, if I see any more Book of Revelation signs, I'm going to... You could almost say it's been unprecedented, Mark. Yeah. I'm ready to let that term go. It was supposed to be done in by some meteor. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it turns out to be a Chinese virus. (laughs) Yeah. I was I was hopeful for the murder wasps or whatever. I mean that's kind of fun. You know, that's a fun I, plague. I, I I think I think all all we've seen thus far the murder wasps are coming. The, you know, always I think I think it's all been a pre killer bees. <clears throat> I think twenty twenty one is gonna be the big show. I, I think we oh, yeah. I think we haven't seen anything. Yeah, there's yet. gonna be meteors and that'll be that's right. There'll be meteors <laughs> and locusts. And then when the frogs drop out of the sky, you and I frogs. <laughs> it's a, it's well, a three-toed curse, man. Don't yeah. don't worry. Anyway, folks, uh, we do appreciate you listening. Uh, thank you so much, Danny and Heather, for joining me for tonight's podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you, folks, for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. Share our content. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight.
stay safe.